Hello everyone and welcome to Lake Homa. As you can tell, I'm not with you today. Uh, Deborah came down with something on Friday and uh, we just thought it was best if we kind of stayed away, but I thought it would be good if I continued our series on the Lake Homa Standard, it would also save somebody from actually trying to prepare a lesson at the last minute. So, glad to have you here. Uh, yes, we are in a series called the Lake Homa Standard, and you may think that that's a kind of a weird thing. Uh, the Lake Homa Standard, what is the Lake Homa Standard? Well, we have one, don't we? And that's what I like about this, this congregation. There's something special about Lake Homa. And I know a lot of people feel that way. At least I do. There's, there's unity and diversity. I like that. I like that there's unity and diversity. I like that there's peace in this congregation. And I like that, you know, all of us can have our say, but not everybody's going to get their way. And I also like that we can have a diversity of thought without judgment. You know, we don't have to agree on everything. We can disagree on theological things. And yet we can still come together and be a part of the body of Christ and love each other and love each other. So yeah, all of us have differences of opinion. All of us see things differently. And that's okay, as long as we don't ostracize one side or the other. We ought to be in harmony with one another. And that's what the Lake Homa Standard is, is that I've seen. It's special. I, don't, I haven't seen that at all the churches I've been at. I haven't. And so I appreciate that. And I just want us to carry this along and continue to look at this. And remember last week we talked about being in Christ in Christ, how we actually became in Christ through our baptism, through that way of having his, our sins washed away, that Christ was there, we become in him. And that it's at that point that we have this union. It's almost like a wedding, a wedding of coming together in this, this union of one. And the Spirit is there, God is there, Jesus is there, and we are in Christ. This week, I want to talk about being with Christ, being with Christ, being with him in our lives, in our lives each and every day. Okay, so uh, I don't know about you, but my walk with God, my walk with God is sometimes complicated. It's also sometimes messy and often a lot of times sluggish. You know, sometimes where you feel like you're just on this connection with God, and then sometimes it just feels like, man, I just, I just trying to slug my way through the mud just to get to Him. And it's hard, and it's difficult. Our lives are difficult and hard. And remember that last week we talked about uh, my favorite memory verse, and I want to bring it up again. I, I want to talk about it again. And I actually used it at our same scripture reading uh, this week. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, we read these words. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, when you think about that word, transformed, it's the word for which we get metamorphosis. And if you've been around, you, you know that. Uh, but that word metamorphosis is that idea of, of going through a change. 
And for a caterpillar who goes into a butterfly, you can tell that that's a totally different, almost a different animal. In, in, in a way, it is a different animal. It has been transformed. And when we think about our lives in Christ, I love this verse because there is a transformation that is supposed to be happening in each of our lives. But how many times do you, do I, do we feel sluggish? Feel like this this transformation that's supposed to be happening isn't happening. It's not happening as quickly as we want it to. We want it to go from one to the other just like that. And I can tell you that it's a journey. That transformation is a journey, and it's going to continue to be a journey. But when we know that it's a journey in Christ and it's a journey with Christ, that makes a difference. Now, last week we talked about minding the gap. And I had Glenn Parton stand up here and I had my tape measure and I took my tape measure and as we uh, looked at that and just saw the gap that's in between where God, where Jesus is and where we are. And there's a gap. All of us have that gap that's in between there, us and, and the perfection, that standard of measurement by which Jesus wants us to try to attain to. I mean, that's what Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 4. And so we see that, that measurement of what we're supposed to look like as Christ, but we know that there's a difference. There's a, there's a space there. It's not bad. It's not a bad space. It's just life. It's life within him. And it's life that we are striving to be more like him each and every day. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about that this past week, <clears throat> I was thinking about that that space again and as I was looking I was going you know God is for us God is for you he's for us (laughs) it just made me think about all the tools that he gives us with inside this gap I mean the one that we are raised with is the Spirit of Christ raised with him and we have this spirit that has been given to us that is a tool to be used for His glory. It's a tool to help us in our times of weakness. It's a tool to help us when we're speaking to others and how we're to speak to others. That Spirit in our lives is there giving us those hints and giving us those times where He's nudging us and helping us move in the right direction. And we need to listen to Him. And there's so many more tools that we can have in that gap. I mean, we've got God's Word. We can read it. We can apply it to our lives. And Jesus' words, the words of the, the Holy One, we listen to His words. We obey His words. And those words are there to help us in our journey of faith. We also have each other. I mean, I need you. We need each other on this journey of faith. We need... Jesus, we need the Holy Spirit, we need each other, and those are just three of the tools. There's so many tools that are used in this gap that we have that God has blessed us abundantly with. And if you could just come up with a, you could probably come up with a a hundred of them if you really thought about it. I mean, I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. I've received mercy. I've been graced. There's, there's just so many tools. And so think about all the tools. Because why? Because God wants you to succeed. 
He wants us to succeed in the gap. And he gives us all these tools. But what happens? But what happens when we reject those tools? We get further and further and further away from him. And then our eyes get off of him because he's so far away from us. And we take our eyes off of him. And many go another direction. Keep your eyes on him. He's right there for us. Now listen to this passage. I, w- I want to read a passage to you from Ephesians chapter t- 2, verses 4 through 9. And these are just some of the tools. Not all. I, I, you can really go to Ephesians 1 and look at some of those tools as well. Just so many. Here it is. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. With Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him. And seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one can boast. Man, I love that idea of that we are already, we have been raised up with Christ, raised together with Christ, raised up with Him. And where are we? We're raised up with Him in the heavenly places, already there. And He seated us with him in the heavenly places. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. All right, so the closest thing that's ever happened to, to me that would be compared to that scripture was I was in Denver on a trip with the youth group here at Lake Homa, probably four years ago, about now. And it was a great trip. I mean, we got to really see the city of Denver and see what was going on in the city and how the homeless and just all different aspects of that city. It was done really well and it was a very good trip. But at night we always had a devotional time when we got together after we ate and after we were tired and everything just kind of came back and sang and did all that. But one night we did uh, what they called, I don't know what they call it, what the kids call it, but it was kind of a hands prayer. And they put two people in a chair, and then the youth group kind of surrounds each of those chairs with those two people. And then who's ever leading would would actually just say, really taking Ephesians chapter one, you've been redeemed, you've been, you you have an inheritance, you've been called, uh, you've been loved, you've been graced, just all these aspects of, uh, and whoever was saying those words and they would the kids would lay their hands on you we see in you the glory of the king you are someone who's kind you're someone who's gracious you're someone who and and as they were doing all of these characteristics the young people were laying their hands on you laying them on your head laying them on your shoulders laying them on your back laying them on your chest And I can tell you that it was 
probably one of the most incredible experiences that I've ever had. Because you could close your eyes during that prayer, and even though you knew it was the kids who were laying their hands on you, when you thought about that verse in Ephesians that you were seated with him in the heavenly places, it was almost as if the angels were staying around you and putting their hands on you and saying, this is who you are. And you are here. And you are in this place. I hope that all of you have an opportunity to actually experience that someday. It was an incredible thing. And that's it. That's, that's what I hope for all of us. That we feel the, the, the presence of Christ in our life. That He is with us. That He has in His angels and everybody they have their hands on us saying to you you are redeemed you're holy you're blessed you are a child of god you have an inheritance i just go on and on and on and that's what i see in you and if we understand that when we're in christ and that we're with him this is how he sees us this is how he sees you he sees us And the Lake Homa standard is is that we are with him now. Not something we're looking forward to. Yes, I'm looking forward to that day. But we already have access to the Spirit. We already have access to the Father. We're already seated in the heavenly places. And this is an incredible gift that God has given us. Not only are we in him, but we are with him. And it ought to change the way we live our lives. And not to change the way we live our lives. And in Revelation 17, verse 14, it says this, For the Lord of lords and, and King of kings, He is. For He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And those with Him are called, chosen, and faithful. Called, chosen, and faithful. Now, how many times do we really talk about be called? Not often. How many times do we actually talk about being chosen? Not often. How many times do we talk about being faithful? Yeah, all the time, right? (laughs) I mean, we do. We have these words that Jesus is speaking going there in Revelation. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings. There's just this resounding, they're talking about Jesus. And those who are with him are called. They're called. Hey, you, I want you, I want you to come here and be with me. This is the call of God. You can see it in the heavens and in his handiwork is what he says in Romans 1. You can see it in the handiwork. And if you listen, you can hear my voice. So I want to look at those three things real quick. We are called. Then called as someone who, whose participation has been officially requested. So you have been requested, officially requested, to come and be with Jesus. And every day, every moment of the day, we have an opportunity to be with him. And what if, what if we lived our lives 
as if he were with us. Would it change the way in which we live? Would it change the way in which we see individuals? Would it change the way in which we react? The way in which we love? Yeah, it would. It would, because you have been called. He has called you to participate with him. You have said, yes, I will. Yes, I will. I will am one who has been called by you. When I was uh, 13, right before my baptism, I was thinking about that. And there was someone who had just been baptized and I was out kind of talking to her and I was wondering, did you, did you feel anything? Did, you, did it change you? What, what happened to you during that baptism? And as a 13-year-old, she was like, I don't know. I don't really understand what happened to me in that baptism. I, I, I don't. And yet I felt like I was being called to Jesus through what my parents had taught me, what they had given me, what they had shown me, what they had, what I had read in Scripture. And here I am contemplating, I need to obey His call because I'm listening. Now what most people do is they don't listen to that call. They don't. They may hear that, that small voice with inside of them saying, hey, I'm here, I'm here. Look up, look, see, see all around, look. You can see it in a child. You can Look, can you see me? I'm here. And he's calling, but few answer that call. Few do. Matthew 9 verse 13 says, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. So those who are called are not the perfect ones. Those who are called are the ones who are like us, the sinners. The ones who don't have it all together. The ones who are broken and need to be mended. Yeah, that's who we are. The broken, the mended. We have been called. We've been called to participate with Him in the heavenly realms. Because we're seated with him. All right, here's the next thing. Here's the next thing. We are also chosen. We're chosen. Uh, someone selected for preference over preference over another. We're chosen. You go, what does that mean? You mean I'm chosen? Okay, so let me ask you. Let me, let me, in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 11, you have the words chosen and you have the word predestined. I want to ask you, how many of you actually planned the children, how many children you were going to have? Now, I know some of you didn't, but I know Deborah and I did. Before we even had children, we talked about how many children we wanted. I wanted two, she wanted three, she won out. Uh, but how many children we wanted? We wanted to know exactly how far we wanted them apart because on a youth minister salary, I couldn't get one into college without the, and I, that's what we were thinking. If I can get, do, have this much spaced out, I can do one into college before I can get, have the next one go in because I'm not going to be able to afford two or three of them in there at the same time. So let's spread them out. Let's do that. And that's how we did that. They were chosen. Our children were chosen. We 
They were predestined. In other words, they were planned before they actually came on board. Before they were actually born. They were planned. And so we all have been chosen as well. We've been chosen. We've been planned from the very beginning that those who reach out for him are chosen. They are, you have been called, you have been chosen to be with him. Are all chosen? No. Are all called? No. Why? They don't listen. They don't pay attention. They don't open their ears. They don't hear. But you have been chosen. Someone who is special. My kids were chosen. They were predestined. They were called as well. Okay, so, so look at this verse from John 15. Now, this is Jesus talking about his disciples, his disciples, his apostles, in, in the sermon in the upper room. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as, as its own. It would say, hey, you're mine if you, if you love the world. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. We are now chosen by God, which means, which means the world's going to hate us as well. We've been picked up and we have said, I, I, am, I am called. I want to be called. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to be with him and in him. And now I have been called and now I have been chosen. And as one who has been chosen, Get ready, because the world doesn't like Jesus' followers. The world doesn't want Jesus' followers. The world is against us. And that's hard to say. That's hard to say. But it's true. And we can look around and see that it just continues to even, in our world, it just seems like our world is against Christianity. It's against Christianity. And so... As ones who are chosen, we need to understand that this is not an easy path. Being with Christ is not an easy path. Is it the right path? Absolutely. Is it the true path? Absolutely. Is it a path to everlasting life? Absolutely. But it doesn't come with its, without difficulties. It does come with difficulties. We are going to be countercultural. We're not going to be like the world. And so, when you're not like the world, the world will hate you. We seek shalom, peace, instead of empire. We choose. We actually choose the alien, the orphan, and the widow. We are actually the ones helping those who are hurting and helping our world around us. That's what we're supposed to do because we are chosen. Here's the third thing. The third thing is we are faithful. Those characterized by steadfast affection or allegiance. We hang on. We're faithful. We hang on. We hang on because we believe that Jesus is the truth. That he is the way. And that he is our life. And in him there is no darkness. And so we hold on to that. And we are faithful to him in that. In Matthew 25 verse 23, Jesus says, His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. 
Faithfulness, listen, faithfulness is characterized, it's characterized as steps toward, as steps toward. It's like steps in a narrow trail. Now remember, that's what Jesus talks about. We're on the narrow path. It steps toward Jesus on a very narrow trail, which you easily could go on the wide path, but we're going to go on the narrow trail. Faithfulness is staying in the game. It's staying in the game no matter what. Yes, in this gap, is there times where you're moving up and down? Is there times that are under distress? You know, there are times when it's just very difficult. It's just very difficult to be a child of God. Yes, it is. But remember, remember, God loves you. And remember in this gap, you're graced. You've received mercy. You're blessed. You're loved. You have the Spirit within you. All these tools are there to help us remain faithful to Him in our walk with Him. 1 Peter 2 verses 21 through 25 and I want to give you this this uh, number three there on your outline the Lake Homa standard is the people following in his steps that's what we do we follow in the steps of Jesus and I want you to just listen to this passage in first Peter for to this for to this is what for to this the way of Jesus his nature his character for to this the way of Jesus you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseers of your souls. Brothers and sisters, we are different. As a child of God, we live differently. As a child of God, we act differently. As a child of God, we love differently. And as a child of God, we serve differently. We're not like the world. We don't react like the world. We don't. We are different. And that's the Lake Homa standard. We are different. We are a people of God who are on a quest to look like Him. He's the standard of measurement. And when we think about things, when we do things, we need to think about is this what Jesus would do? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do right now at this time and at this place? And I want to end with this, this statement. And I know this is maybe kind of a <clears throat> weird statement. But the Lake Homa standard is a people drinking from the same cup. And you go, oh, no, 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 no. <clears throat> I'm, not drinking, I'm not drinking the same from anybody's cup. Not, unless it's my own. Remember that who drank the cup first? Was it not Jesus who took that cup of grief and sorrow and bitterness? 
And he drank that cup so when we drank that cup, it would be sweet and healing. And each week, each week when we come together, we participate in this cup together. The cup of Jesus. The cup filled with Him. 1 Corinthians 12 verses 12 through 13 says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks, slaves and free, and all were made to drink of the one spirit. I got to thinking about that the other week when I was kind of putting this sermon together. I wonder what that looks like. Drink of the one cup. Drink of the one spirit. Be a part of that cup. Be a part of the spirit. Be a part of Christ. I don't know. The, the, the image that you see on the screen is kind of what I, I drew that was in my mind. That I just thought, man, this is, this is who we are. We're people who have been chosen. We're people who have been called. We are people who are faithful. Lake Homa, I love you. I love you very much. And I pray that we can always be a people who have been called, chosen, and faithful.